I don't know a single leader who would look back on the season of COVID and say, I just nailed it. I slayed COVID. So if you have failed, if you've made mistakes, if you have regrets, if there's anything in your leadership that you wish you could have done differently, this episode is for you. Today, we're going to talk about the art of leveraging failure. everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Echo Leadership Podcast with Andy Wood. My name is David. I'm one of the hosts and I'm here with Andy. Andy, it's going to be a great conversation today. And I know we probably got some new people who are joining with us. So we want to welcome you here if this is your first time listening. We really do have a heart and passion to want to help leaders go further and to get better. Yep. Every episode we say we want to help you get a little bit better. And we are all together a part of a tribe we call the Echo Leadership Tribe. And those of you who have subscribed, those of you who are sharing with with coworkers or friends. Thank you. Thank you for helping us get the word out. Our goal is to make it as practical and helpful as possible. Now, today we're going to talk about a subject that I think all of us can relate to. Uh, in fact, we can relate to it as fresh as right before the episode, uh, we spilled coffee all over the table. Yeah. I mean, microphone hit, coffee cups there, tables covered. Yeah. We're and then a second over. time, um, one of our team members brought me another cup of coffee and I acted like I was going to spill it and I actually did spill some. So, um, so we are those who fail over and over, not just spilling coffee. We've got a lot of things that we could share with you from our story, uh, things that didn't go the way that we had hoped. And I, I would say probably even during COVID, uh, we would all agree that we made some missteps and misjudgments. Leaders all over the place uh, have felt like failures. Yeah, I think leaders have felt like failures. And not only they felt like it, but leaders have actually failed. Right. And I think one of the things that we'll, we may talk a little bit about today, but there's also some people have not failed, but they've actually have lived in fear, uh -huh. which is causing them to fail now. Yes. So failure is all around us. And so we want to learn how to leverage it and flip it. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about how you either live in it or you leverage it. And you can't do both. Some people live in their failures. Others take those failures and they leverage them to get better, to go further. And we want to focus on how do we take it as fuel to help us lead at a higher level. Yeah. So as we get ready to jump into this conversation today, we want to invite you to get the show notes or the episode notes so you can follow along and write these things down and get real practical, you can go to echo.church slash leadership podcast. That's echo.church slash leadership podcast. You'll see right there where you can download the notes. You can also sign up to be part of our email list, and this will keep you informed on all new releases. The notes get sent to you. It's one of the best ways to keep up with what's happening. That's right. We're going to start at the top. We got four big ideas to help us with failure. The first one is to frame the failure. Frame it. So Andy, tell me a little bit about for you when you sort of look at failure. Everybody looks at it. It's like a picture frame right. almost. How do you start to view your failures? First of all, I would say that failure is feedback. So every time you do fail, it's a sign that you're moving in the right direction. So we we have a statement here. We say, you know, if you're not failing, you're not growing. I remember one time I did CrossFit. I started doing CrossFit uh, about five or six years ago, and they had this class. So you go in, you know, you can do the normal CrossFit exercises, but before you do that, you have to go through a class where they teach you all the moves. So I'm like learning a lot of these CrossFit moves, um, you know, how to lift the bar above your head, how to do overhead squats. And the, the gal that was giving me instructions, she kept saying, no, not like this, like this. And then I'd try to make an adjustment and she'd go, no, not like that, like this. <laughs> So it felt like for 45 minutes, there's this, this woman who was just telling me, no, not like that, like this. Now, I could look at that one way and feel like, man, I'm horrible at CrossFit. Or I can look at it and say, 
this is a part of the process of learning how to do CrossFit. I have to fail. So if I'm failing, it's a sign that I'm growing. And if I put that frame around it, it helps me be able to interpret the failure as something that can help me move forward. And there's a real part with that. I think when you jump into something like CrossFit, you have to just go for it. And you have to listen to what they're saying. And you'll notice that the muscles get worked different. It's like in our, in our jobs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we don't want to go for it. We don't, people, we don't want people to see where our form is off. Right. And we try to cover it up. We don't want our supervisor to know. We don't want our leaders to know. We try to pad the metrics. We do things like this. But we're actually hurting ourselves rather than we are growing. Yes. And I, I love because you, you said this earlier, and it said it kind of quick. I want to make sure everybody heard it and writes it down. You said, if you're not failing, you're not growing. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Well, any area of your life that you find yourself at the edge of your capacity, you're going to experience some level of failure. That's what makes you stronger. So if you're in the gym and you're lifting weights, when you hit the max of your weight, you know, if you max out or you get a PR, you're, you're going to experience some level of failure. You're going to be sore the next day. And that's evidence to you that you've gone further than you've ever gone before. Hmm. So if, if you look at any area of your life, especially times where you're doing your best and you're failing, that's evidence that you're at the edge of your capacity, which is evidence that you're growing. Hmm. So what would you say to leaders who uh, maybe like, cause you got some that are just pushing all the time right? and we're going to get into some more of this. So when you get to that edge, like how, how far do you want to push it? Like how, how far do you want to fail to still say I'm growing? I think one question I always want to ask is, is this a mistake or a failure that I'm continuing to make over and over again? And uh, so failure is a part of the process, but I don't want to constantly be failing. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to learn from it, but I don't, I don't want to do unwise. Yeah. I don't want to be making the same mistakes over and over again. And in my mind, I have several different buckets that I try to put failure into. Like one is that you tried and you came up short. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that a- aspect, you usually are like you're you're doing something, and your performance wasn't at the level it could be, or you're learning as you're going. The second would be you made a mistake on a judgment, like you made a bad decision. You look back and you're like, oh, I could have done that differently. And in those instances, I want to actually dissect, kind of like they do, you know, in the war- battlefield or whatever, where you come back and you do. What what is the uh, phrase that they use? The post. Um, Postmortem. Postmortem, yeah, where you like look back and you kind of say, okay, I did this, I could do it differently. Um, but then there are some mistakes where we make that, that we're like not even trying. And I think that that's a whole different category. And I'm going to assume with our conversation that our leadership tribe, that's not the mistake that most leaders are making. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is really good. So if you ha- even if you're leading and if you're, your organization, your team are making the same mistakes, that's a whole different conversation than, man, we're trying to take a new hill. Mm-hmm. We're trying new skills. We're trying to, I mean, in COVID, everybody had to adapt and re-innovate. Right. Those are different kinds of failures. Yep. That's Got good. It. So we want to frame the conversation. I know um, one of the questions for you that's been helpful is around what a great leadership coach would say. Yeah. What would a great leadership coach say to you about your failure? So... If you have somebody you know that you deeply respect, you could even ask them for their perspective on your mm. situation, and that would help you. But when you think about somebody that's older, that's wiser, our last episode, we interviewed Kevin Compton, one of my favorite episodes that we've had. And Kevin said in there that part of his job as a board member, so he, venture capitalist, part of his job is to encourage the CEOs, it's going to be okay, you're going to be okay, 
you're going to make it, you're going to get through this, you're going to get better. And sometimes you need that voice of somebody who's older and wiser, and maybe they don't even have to be older than you, but they're just wiser than you, that they can help you level out, get grounded, and see what you need to see in your failure. That's really good. So when you go to frame it, you want to see, all right, I, I got to be trying things and I'm going to be okay with failing. I want to see why, if I am failing, why, which I, that's the different buckets. So, mm-hmm. hey, I, this is something new we've never done. It's a new skill. You also have, if we're making the same mistake or I didn't try, so of course I failed. How am I framing the conversation? And then if I'm trying new things so I don't beat myself up, what would a great coach t- tell me? Mm-hmm. And that's how we're starting to frame this conversation to leverage our yeah, failure. You, you put the edges of your perspective around it so that it creates some boundaries to say, okay, now I'm going to navigate it within this framework. That's really good. So would you would you recommend, like if you're a leader and you're sitting out with somebody, they just take down and they just write, process through the whole... Yeah, write, as, write the answers to as many of these questions down. But I, w- I would put at the top, feedback, f- failure is feedback. Mm. Like any failure in my life is feedback to me to help me get better. That's great. So we're going to frame it and yep. we're going to lever- to leverage it. The second one is to feel it. And <laughs> there are a lot of differing opinions on this. I think that there is value in allowing yourself to have a defined period of time where you feel the failure. And one story that comes to mind for me was when I was in high school, I played football. I played for the Farmington Falcons just outside of Detroit, Michigan. We, we, we sucked. We were really bad. And one year we had gone like two and seven. It was my sophomore year of high school. And we got back on the bus. It was the last game of the year. We'd lost by like a touchdown. It was a close game. We lost and I was stewing. And anybody that knows me knows I hate to lose. I just hate that feeling. And I got on the bus and all my teammates were there ahead of me and they were all laughing and cutting up and it was like the football season was over but for me that game was still on my mind and I did something I wouldn't do today but I took my helmet and I threw it at the back of the bus and I'm like this is why you guys are all losers because you don't <laughs> care about losing this it doesn't is bother you, you this is before you read how to win friends and influence yeah, people <laughs> before that that I read that book uh, so in that moment the feeling of failure helps you next time when you get into the same situation and whether it's the regret or it's just that pain mm-hmm. of losing, it motivates you. It motivates you to work harder on the practice field. It motivates you to make difficult decisions and a defined period of time that you can sit in it and just let yourself feel it so that you know what it feels like, I believe helps you get better as a leader. Hmm. Is there, because I think every leader feels it, mm-hmm. right? Like we feel the failure, we feel the pain. Is there is there any type of timeline that's helped you? Like you're you're like, man, I'm gonna feel it for two days. A yeah, month? I would say 24 to 48 hours. Just let yourself feel it for yeah, a couple depends, days. You know, it depends on the season or the, the you know the size of the the, the, the failure. failure. But I find that 24 to 48 hours really is a good period to just let it sit in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I have to tell myself, okay, at the end of this, I'm gonna declare this is over. And I'm going to move on, mm-hmm. but for now I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to let it I'm going to let it hit me I'm going to feel it, and then what I'm doing is I'm I'm not living in it, I'm I'm sitting in it I'm walking through it so there's a difference between walking through it and wading in it W A D E where you're like a pig 
that is stuck in the mud. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be a pig stuck in the mud, but you got to walk through the mud to allow yourself to know this is what it feels like to have mud on my shoes. And then on the end of this, in 48 hours, I'm going to move on. I'm going to get my head yeah. back in the game. I watched a YouTube video of Tom Brady, and I heard him talk about how he experiences frustration. And he said, I experienced more frustration in my 40s than I did when I first started in my career because hmm. I know what it's like to play at the highest level. I know what it's like to play with the best people. I know what it's like to win Super Bowls. And when I don't perform at that level, I can I feel it. And mm -hmm. he said, I, I take that feeling and I let it propel me to get better. I mm -hmm. let it propel me on the practice field. I let it change the way I watch game film. So that, that allowing yourself to sit in it for a defined period of time seems to produce a greater level of focus and passion. Mm. I, I think, too, when you're talking about this and you, you talk about yourself and leaders, a lot of times we feel it because our identity is closely attached mm -hmm. to our leadership. Mm -hmm towards our successes and, and then to our failures. So what has helped you in that 24 to 48 hour period? I know you said, I, I want to get to the end of that and say, all right, I'm moving on. What is helping you or over the years has helped you unpack and say, this is not attached to my identity. Mm -hmm. So that's I can a good, move that's on. That's a great distinction. I, I think part of what happens is that voice, which we're going to talk about that you can never fully turn off, but that voice is there. And you hear, I could have, I should have, I would have. And that mm -hmm. list of things that you could have done differently can haunt you. In that 24 to 48 hour period of time, I want to I wanna still create a boundary with my identity. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be like, well, you're a bad leader. You shouldn't do your job anymore. Somebody else needs to do that. Like all that stuff I want to keep at bay. But I want to be like, well, you know, I wasn't as prepared as I could have been. And here's what I could have done differently. And allowing myself just to sit in that a bit mm -hmm. will help me in the future. But if I let it beat me down so bad on my identity and how I see myself, then when it's time to come back or bounce back, I'm not going to bounce back because I'm, I've, I've been brought so low from an identity standpoint. So I'm focused on performance, behavior, choices, things within my jurisdiction and control, not focused on my identity during that time. Got it. And I got one more question here for you with Felix. I think in our leadership, oftentimes if there's a failure, our team is somewhere around involved with that failure. Mm -hmm. What? How much do you want the team to also feel it? Mm -hmm. And how do you bring it to the team and make them feel it without it crushing them? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I think part of what I want to do or we want to do is recognize the successes in the failure. So what are the mm -hmm. wins? Like what, what, what are the wins that we need to capture? And I think we're always trying to help our team identify themselves as a winning team. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes back to our language. Celebration, uh, highlighting things that we did right, Capturing those is crucial to do before you come back and you say, hey, I think we could do better next time. Here's some areas where I think we could do better. And the more I can be specific in those things, just like I want to be specific with myself, the more that's going to help our team. And so debriefing or walking through things that did not go well 
I think that you're you're not trying to berate people. You're not trying to drive them into the ground. You're trying like a good coach mm-hmm. to help them see, okay, this is how we could think differently. This is how we could prepare differently. This is how we could have been ready for yeah. that moment more. Yeah. Yeah. You want people, you want the team to feel the hit, but you don't want to shame them. Right. And I think there's a different way to do that because when they feel it, you say, this should have never happened. So if you got customer feedback, um, we've had instances, I know I've, I've talked about a couple of times with families where some of the church, we had somebody, um, uh, one time take their kid back out. So they said they didn't feel comfortable. And we said, y'all, we're going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. This should have never happened. Mm-hmm. And we let everybody feel it. But we said, we're going to learn. What, what are we going to do different? Yeah. And I think you can, it's not shaming, but it does add some weight to your team to get better. Yeah. And you can think of creative ways to do this as well. Mm-hmm. So one time I, I had an instance where I, I was concerned about follow-up for our church. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I, I, I can guess. And I created a fictitious character, which I often do, that came to our church and signed in and gave us their info and, you know, made some significant spiritual decisions. And then the follow-up didn't happen. And I, I named the, the person as somebody from my past who was, wasn't or isn't a follower of Jesus. And so I told this person's story. And then at the end of it, I said, you know, and they came to Echo. And they three weeks and Jesus. they made this decision to surrender their life to God and and guess what nobody followed up with them and so then I had you know the team sign in and look at his profile and so that made a point yeah I was in that and meeting. then we we kind of laughed it. we laughed afterwards but in the moment I I wanted them to feel the implications yeah. of that yeah because the then when you feel it that is the feedback that helps you get better yeah because we're gonna feel it and we're gonna frame it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. All right, man. So you want to jump into yeah, the, number the, three? Number three is that we're going to focus it. And then the question here is, what is the failure saying to me? Hmm. So feedback, you know, f- feedback comes from failure. And then that, that feedback is speaking to us about something that needs to be different in our leadership. So I'm asking the question, what can I learn from this situation? And what can I do differently next time? And I, I like to take it one step further, and I'll put things into axioms. So, for example, um, I'll give you one of my big COVID failures. <laughs> I felt like the longer I went in COVID, the more I obsessed over things I couldn't control. Hmm. And my energy that I spent on things that I could not control made me lose energy for the things that I could actually do. And so I took that back and I said, you know, when I'm giving all my energy to things I can't control, I don't have energy for the stuff that I can change. So that little experience, I want to bring it down to a learning lesson that allows me next time I'm in the same situation. So now that failure is feedback. Hmm. I had another instance where there was an opportunity that kind of came across my desk. I was I was tired. I, I, I didn't have the margin to like look into this opportunity and I, I think I missed the opportunity. Hmm. And later I was beating myself up. I'm like, I missed it. You know, I, I missed an opportunity, but I'm like, okay, what do I need to learn from this? I need to have my eyes open. I need to, I need to think more clearly about who I empower with what opportunities I need to, I need to have more intentionality when something comes to hit it quickly. So that little lesson for me, I could either 
wallow in the opportunity that I missed, or I can say, no, I'm, I'm going to learn from it. And next time when there's a bigger opportunity that comes my way, I'm going to be ready for it. So mm-hmm. my failure on this one actually may lead to me not having a failure on a bigger opportunity that comes across my desk. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that shift in mindset is I'm taking and I'm saying, okay, I'm going to leverage this failure to help me get better. So now the, the, the whole energy thing, right? I'm, I'm trying well, with all that I can with God's help to do my very best to give my energy to the things that are in my jurisdiction and my responsibility in my lane and empower the team on the stuff that's in their lane and then all the stuff that's still happening in our world that I can't control. It's it's okay for me to know what's going on, but even when I read different news articles, there's conflicting opinions. And so I can't, I could spend this, there, there are just rabbit holes or, you know, the wormholes that you could go down into that distract you. Mm-hmm. And I want to mm-hmm. stay as far away from, so I'm, I'm leveraging it now for the future to actually change the way that I lead. Hmm. So just basically it's everything is just helping you stay focused, bringing you back to the mission. Mm-hmm. If I have a failure, the way I leverage it is I go, wait, did my viewpoint get off? Mm-hmm. And maybe in that one where you're like, I didn't have margin, you go, why didn't I have margin? Mm-hmm. I refocus back on being healthy, getting good rhythms, do what I need to. So when that opportunity hits, I'm focused, I'm ready. That- yeah, it, and p- part of what you can do is after you look at, like you write down, what do, what lessons did I learn from this failure? Mm-hmm. And then how is this failure going to actually change the way that I lead? That's really good. And if you write it down, it helps you. It brings you to a level of clarity. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to create more margin in my schedule or, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak less in meetings to empower other people more, mm-hmm. but that those actionable results that you get out of failure, it's, I would say that that's more valuable than what you read in a book. Yeah. And sometimes that's even more valuable than what you get sitting in a conference. Your best learnings are going to come from your on the job training and having a, a, an awareness where you're like a, a good football player where you're watching the tape and you're improving your game as you go and thinking of your leadership like an athlete thinks of their performance on on the field, you are the one who's responsible for your improvement and your coach can give you feedback and they can give you things to work on, but, but nobody can, aside from the Holy Spirit working in you, nobody can influence change in you more than you can. That's really good because that comes out of self-leadership. Yes. So then what are some of the barriers for a leader to be able to to be able to sit down and process this and get to the level of clarity you're talking about? I because think I, a, yeah, a, w- one for example, you know Stacy and I are training for this mar- I'm training for a marathon, she's training for an ultra. I'm going to go to 26, let her keep going until she gets to 40. But the the whole process of learning, there are certain things that just feel like a waste of time. Like stretching to me always feels like a waste of time. I hate stretching. But if I don't stretch, I get injured. Well, this whole process of the margin to think about your leadership mm-hmm. and critically step outside of yourself to say, okay, what what do I need to be doing differently? This is what separates us from monkeys, Right that we were actually able to do something and think about it and iterate the next version, the next version of our performance, the next version of us as a person. So that really being able to step outside requires a margin and it requires me to 
separate my identity from my performance. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, Tom, Tom Brady, again, I, I, I know some people hate him regardless of what you think about him as a quarterback, you've got to respect like his results. And he's not, he's not sitting around like, Oh, I threw a, I threw a bad pass. I, you know, and beating himself up on the sideline. He's looking at the game tape and he's saying, okay, next, next I'm looking at that formation. Next time they're in that formation, I know that this guy's going to come when, you know, the wide receiver moves to the middle. So he's, he's, he's learning from it without it going to his ego, without it going to his mm -hmm. identity. I think that that's one of the big barriers that a lot of people face. Another barrier that people face is the, the resistance to the amount of work that is required to change. So people res resist what is necessary to change, sometimes for outcome, because like if I do change, if I learn from this and I got to be different and then, you know, where there's a part of me that I like that, you know, the, the mediocrity that I kind of enjoy or the complaining mm -hmm. I enjoy, the, whatever. But a lot of times it's change is hard work. And so our resistance comes from not, not wanting to actually have to follow through. So if I create margin mm -hmm. and I ask, what do I need to change? But then I actually have a list of things that I need to do differently. Then it creates some level of accountability for me that I actually have to follow through with. And so I would just say margin, but then really checking myself. One of the questions I, I, I want to ask is how bad do you want it? Yeah. I love this story. I was reading this book um, by T.D. Jakes called Don't Drop the Mic. And he tells a story about this, this old preacher. And he said the old preacher was there and he was fishing and he was out in the wilderness by himself fishing. And he was known for like how great he could spin a sermon and teach the Bible. And, you know, everybody loved this guy. So this young preacher comes up and he's like, hey, can you teach me how to preach? And the old preacher didn't speak to the young preacher, just kept fishing. And the young preacher said again, hey, can you teach me how to preach? And so the old preacher kind of starting to get, he's getting annoyed. You know, he's got his rod in the water. And finally, after about the fourth or fifth time, the old preacher takes the young preacher and just pushes him in the water. And when he pushes him in the water, he doesn't say anything. And the guy is like there grasping, you know, kind of gasping for breath and trying to get up out of the water. And then he looks at the old preacher and he says, why did you push me in the water? And the old preacher looks at him and says, when you want it as bad as you wanted that last breath of air that you breathed before you went down, that's when you'll be a great preacher. And I love that story because mm -hmm. a lot of us don't want it. You know, it's like, I, I, hmm. I want to lose weight, but how bad do I want to lose weight? I, I want to write a book. How bad do I want to write a book? I want to, so that desire, that accountability pushes you. Yeah. So I think this is really getting into one of the great places. And I, I want to encourage you, if you're listening to lean in right here, because what we're getting to is, is what keeps most leaders living in their failure versus leveraging it. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have the margin as a leader to sit, and I think in our, we, in the Bay Area, that's primarily what we said, we're talking to Bay Area leaders, people are always moving mm -hmm. and they're running and they're busy. But if we don't take the time to stop and to look at it and then to ask, what am I going to change? And, it, and then be willing to put it in yeah. then we stay in it. And I think that that part which you're hitting right there of like, the work ethic to change. Mm -hmm. The, we talked, you actually talked to our staff today about giving up to go up. Like, what am I need, what do I need to give up so I can lead? And that, that is critical in this mm -hmm. to be able to leverage it, our failure. Yeah. And you know, mediocrity doesn't, doesn't require much change out of us. It, it doesn't no. require more effort out of us. And 
if you want to live in mediocrity, that's, I mean, that's your choice. You have the freedom to do that. Yeah. But if you want to, if you want to lead at a higher level and truly be great, then own the fact that you do want to be great and say, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to lean into that vision. And that is how you focus it, right? Mm -hmm. Focus the failure. It's good, man. That's awesome. That was a good one. So I hope you take some time to process those questions right there today. And we got one more. One Last more. one is filter it. And th this is different than frame it because, you know, framing it is in essence the, the edges of the perspective. But when, when I kind of put this down, I have in mind the, the constant l thoughts that are just coming at you mm -hmm. in some ways faster than you can handle. And one concept that has really been helpful for me, I read a great book, I should say I read a part of a great book called Feeling Great. And it's, it's about anxiety and depression, but it's about your the, kind of the neurological pathways of how thoughts move through your brain. And what he says is that your, your negative thoughts, you have to think of them more like a dial than a switch. Because if you're so focused on turning it off, you're going to be frustrated because you never can really turn those negative thoughts off. What you're trying to do is dial them down. And part of the way you dial them down is the way you think about what you think about. So, for example, let's say, go back to that missed opportunities thing. And I'm like, well, man, I'm, 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 I'm a leader who missed opportun misses opportunities. I missed an opportunity. Well, what I can do is I can say, okay, the question he gave is, what does that negative thought communicate about you positively as mm -hmm. a leader or as a person? So actually, the fact that I care about opportunities communicates that I'm a leader who cares about opportunities that wants to move into the future. So every negative thought that you have communicates something positive about you. Mm -hmm. And then you, you need that as a filter so that as these thoughts are coming at you, you have truth to overcome the lie. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we, we get verses of the Bible or truths from the Bible that we bring into that conversation. You need phrases that help you fight in those moments, those voices, and those voices getting louder so that the other voice gets more quiet and turned down. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, what, what has helped you build your filter so you just mentioned there's some verses things like that so the andy wood filter mm -hmm. what's helping you kind of build up this filter of how you're filtering out these these voices uh, let me start with the physical i think sleep is one part of that the more rested i am and healthy i am physically it does mm -hmm. help me mentally i would say that uh i spend time every morning reading the bible and journaling that helps give a filter for me. So every day I'm trying to, you know, as I'm reading, think of verses that will help me throughout the course of the day with my thinking. And then one kind of meta narrative that I would say is the most potent, precise tool in my tool belt is leveraging gratitude to combat mm -hmm. negative thoughts. So how can I find the grain and that negativity to allow myself to, to be pulled more into a positive truth. Hmm. So there might be something that I'm dwelling on that's a negative truth, but I want to pull it into a positive truth. You know, it, sometimes it's, it's small stuff, but it changes the way you think. I mean, you know, yesterday I, I made a mistake 
on you tried to help me out with this but i made a mistake of trying to change the thermostat in my house <laughs> and i was beating myself up about it for a little while i was so frustrated but in that moment i'm like you know what thank god i have friends that want to help me thank god i still got all my work done for the day that you know i can i can i can look at that one or two ways but i have to if i put gratitude into the conversation it just helps me be more healthy in the way that i think about a situation that's good do you for advice for leaders as they're sitting here now and they they may say, okay, I need to go frame my filter. Um, are there certain truths or other things that you would say when you're building your filter, you're going to want to make sure you're thinking about yourself, your leadership through this lens, like some examples. Yeah. You, you are, you are not what you do. What you do flows from who you are, hmm. but your actions don't def define your failures don't define who you are and allowing yourself to separate out your identity there are certain things that are true about you you're a son of god you're you know you're you are loved by god you, you know you're chosen mm -hmm. by him all these things that are true about you in your identity separate your performance from your identity i would say is is one aspect um the other is kind of this whole growth mindset. Like, I can get better. Mm -hmm. And I tell myself that all the, all the time. I can get better. I can learn from this. I can make progress through this. And just giving that growth mindset to myself is like a way of saying, okay, I'm, I might not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm moving. I'm moving mm -hmm. in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And it, I think that that gets me unstuck in my thinking because it allows me to focus on the things that I can focus on rather than the things that are outside of my control. That's really good. So it helps you build the filter. And I know some leaders, they may be listening to this, but they've just, they just feel really beat up right now. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been in seasons too, where you felt really beat up and you hear somebody say this, but it's really hard to get the motivation to say, okay, I'm going to go tackle this. Mm -hmm. So as we're, kind of coming down on the end of this talk around leveraging our failures, what would be a couple words you would say to that leader who's really feeling beat up? They know they need to change, mm -hmm. but they're struggling with the motivation right now. That's really good. First of all, I would say that the future is going to be better than your past and to believe that to your core. Mm. And to really allow that truth to set in, whatever it is that fell apart, whatever it is that lost was lost, whatever it, mistake was, you can learn from it and you can go forward. I think that, that that's one aspect of it. I would also say that you may need a season to care for yourself physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. So if you're unhealthy mentally and you need to see a therapist or you need to figure out somehow a way to get more rest, whether it's a day or two off a week or it's a season that you pull away, that you, you are going to be better when you come back. So get your rest so that you can re-engage and you can, you can do more or do better in the future. I would also say permission right now to fire some friends. Huh. So you may have some friends in your life that instead of helping you bounce back, they're pulling you down. Mm and create some separation between you and them so that they're not they're not the ones helping you define this. 
another practical thing is find somebody who's older and wiser than you that mm-hmm. can encourage you and help you see your situation differently. And I think that those are just real four really practical things that you can do to apply what we've talked about today. Yeah. Well, Andy, thank you so much for investing in us and just sharing from what you've learned. And I hope this helps some leaders go back and say, hey, we can leverage our failures. We're not going to live in them. They're not going to define us. Even as a team, if you're coming out of this and you're like, man, we got to get better in some areas, do it. Yes. Yeah. One one last thing I would say, your greatest successes will come out of your greatest failures. Mm-hmm. And we have a tendency to think, you know, well, I just want to be more successful, but every person who's been successful in any endeavor has failure that preceded that. And you learn so much more from failure than you do success. And if you, if you can allow yourself to believe that to the core of who you are, then it will allow you to be the kind of person that bounces back and goes further faster and goes further than you could have ever imagined. Absolutely. Well, we're believing that for you guys here on the Echo Leadership Collective as part of this podcast. So thank you for joining us for another episode. We release a brand new episode at the beginning of every month. So you can go to echo.church slash leadership podcast, sign up or subscribe on your platform of choice. And we'll be here every month. And we do release some bonus episodes every now and then, all to help you get better as a leader.